0: So, you need a little bit of help summing up days one through seven. Maybe you missed a couple of episodes. Maybe you're just now starting and you kind of want to know what we talked about. Well, we covered a lot in the last seven days, but let me give you a little bit of taste of episodes one through seven. Episode one, we covered Genesis one. We talked about God the creator, all right? God is the creator of all things. The Bible begins with, in the beginning, Elohim, God, created the heavens and the earth. That is directly related to John and how he starts his gospel in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and apart from him was nothing made that has been made. So Jesus makes everything. And so God is the creator. Why does our Bible start with the fact that God is creator? Because establishing God as the creator shows that he is the standard for all truth, Everything that we believe, everything that we know has to be rooted in the one who is above everything else. And if there is somebody above God, then that guy is the standard for all truth. And yet God establishes himself as the creator of all things, eternally existing, the one who made and formed all things, and therefore he is the standard for all truth and all life. One of the things that's super interesting to note that we talked about in day one was that in the New Testament and even throughout the Old Testament, whenever people were trying to make a case for God, most of the time they will begin with him as creator. Even God's rebuke of Job, when Job makes some wild claims and inaccurate claims about God and God shows up to a rebuke Job in Job 38, God for four chapters establishes himself as the creator, undermining uh, Job's faulty view of God. Paul in Acts 17 in the Areopagus, as he's speaking to the Greeks, he establishes God as the creator. Jonah. When he is on the middle of the boat that's being swamped by the ocean, he says, I serve the God who created the land and the sea. So the Bible seeks to establish God as creator and therefore as the standard for all truth. And so he created mankind in his image. He created mankind, male and female, with the intent of imaging him in the earth and making his image known. In chapter 2, day 2, episode 2, we talked about Genesis 2, and we talked about marriage and how marriage is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's language in in Genesis 2, dealing with marriage, that, that talks about how these two will be joined together and they will become one flesh. We see that in Genesis 2, 24 and 25. God took the two and he made them into one flesh. It's the same language that will be used to describe those who have a relationship with God in 1 Corinthians 6. And Paul will say, don't you know that those who have joined themselves to the Lord have become one spirit with them. And then he qu- he quotes Genesis two twenty four that the two will become one flesh. It's the same thing that Paul says in Ephesians 5, talking about how husbands and wives should submit to one another. And he says, but this is a profound mystery. I'm not actually saying that this refers to a husband and a wife, but that it refers to Christ and the church, for the two will become one flesh. The two will be joined together. And so Earthly marriage is just an analogy, just a picture of the heavenly relationship between Christ, the husband, and church, the church, the bride. And that's established for us right there in Genesis 2, referenced in the New Testament. Day 3, episode 3, we talked about Genesis 3, and we talked about the fall of mankind, the sin of Adam and Eve. We looked at the fact that Adam and Eve were in this garden, beautiful garden. We saw in chapter 2 that God had made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life super important themes that we see throughout the bible adam and eve reject god they reject god's purpose for themselves they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and sin enters into the world uh, the very first two things that they do is they make coverings for their sin god had already told them in chapter 2 the day you eat of it you will certainly die you will die die it was you would be certainly dead and now they've made coverings for their nakedness and they're hiding from god and god says did you eat from the tree that i told you not to eat from Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent, and God pronounces judgment on the serpent. And in Genesis 3:15, we are given the first indication of the Savior, the Messiah, who will come. And God says to the serpent, "Eve will have an offspring, a singular seed, who will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel." And we know that the serpent here is a picture of Satan. We see that throughout the Bible, and yet he says that there will be an offspring, Jesus of eve who crushes the devil crushes sin crushes the power of sin and yet is still struck by the devil because what happened jesus died on the cross to overthrow sin so that's the first picture of jesus in the bible genesis 3:15, genesis 3:21. even though adam and eve were supposed to die what god did is he made coverings for them from the flesh of an animal and he covered their sin their covering did not satisfy his requirement Blood was shed to make a covering for them. God would be the one who who gave a sacrifice for the first covering of sin, and God would be the one who would give the final covering for sin in Jesus Christ. So now you have your second reference to Jesus. Also, we see that they are separated from the tree of life. They're not allowed to eat from the tree of life, lest they live forever. But thankfully and gloriously through faith in Jesus, the tree of life is restored to all who believe in Revelation in the last day. Day four, we talked about Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel. Cain is wicked. His offering is not pleasing to God. Abel's is pleasing to God. And we've often said, well, Cain's offering wasn't pleasing to God because he didn't give the best. The text doesn't actually say that. At this point, They are still about 2,500 years away from the law. So there's no rule. There's no law about the kind of offering Cain should or should not bring. But what we do see in the Bible, Amos chapter 5, Isaiah chapter 1, what we do see in the scripture is that the sacrifices that God was not pleased with were the sacrifices that were offered with a wicked heart. And the Bible will go on to tell us that that Cain was evil, that Cain was unrighteous. In fact, in the New Testament, Cain will be compared to false teachers and false prophets. And so Cain does not offer the best to God. Abel does. Abel's blood and the picture of Abel and his faith will be spoken about in Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 12 as examples to follow. On episode five, we talked about the flood. We covered several chapters in Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9. Now in chapter five, there's this long genealogical discussion. Enoch, who is this priest of God or this very godly person. So godly, in fact, he's one of two people in the Bible that does not have a death. He, he lives forever. And uh, Enoch names his son Methuselah. And Methuselah means he dies, it happens, which means in the year that Methuselah dies, the flood comes on the earth. God wipes out every living creature on the face of the planet, everything that has the breath of life in its lungs. He is grief-stricken over the sin of mankind and he rescues Noah and Noah's three sons and their respective wives. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, 7, that Noah is a picture of righteousness, that Noah is a picture of those who would inherit salvation. Hebrews 11, 7 says, Noah being warned by God about a coming judgment as of yet unseen in holy fear, built an ark for the salvation of his household through which he and the seven with him were considered righteous and the rest of the world was condemned. And that's a picture of Jesus for us, that we have been warned about the coming judgment of God. An ark Christ has been created for us to enter into and we who enter into Christ are declared righteous and those who don't will receive judgment. Also, it's important to note that Noah and his family were sealed in the ark by God and you and I are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit, still by God. And so we talked about that uh, as we discussed the flood Day six, episode six, we talked about the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is a city. Babel becomes Babylon. It's a city that's established by a man named Nimrod. Nimrod will establish Babel, and he'll establish Nineveh. So the capital city of Babylon and the capital city of Assyria. And Babel will become Babylon, and it will represent, for the rest of the Bible, all the way to sorry Revelation 18, it will represent everything that's opposed to God. We see then spiritual Babylon, all that's opposed to God, finally destroyed in Revelation 18. And in Revelation 19, there's a worship service that happens in heaven, rejoicing over the destruction of Babylon. This is the place where all the people say, look, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's build a tower to heaven. Let's build a name for ourselves so that we're not distributed throughout the earth. And God comes down, sees what they're doing. He says, your tower didn't make it to heaven by him coming down. They didn't get close. He destroys and distorts their languages so that they will be scattered throughout the earth and so they can't build a name for themselves. And yet the opposite of all of this comes to fruition at the end. So in the book of Revelation, we see in, in Genesis, we see that God took the people who were set against him trying to build a tower to heaven, and he split them amongst the nations. And then in Revelation, we see that God comes down with the new Jerusalem, makes his dwelling with mankind. So. We're not trying to reach heaven anymore. He comes to us. Heaven comes to us. And he brings all people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation together into one place so that they will know him and worship him. And he puts his name on them. And so it's kind of the flipping of all of this on its head. It turns everything that was wrong about the Tower of Babel and makes it right in the person of Christ. And then episode seven, we talked about Genesis 12. And we talked about the fact that God called Abraham, who is a pagan at this point, according to Joshua 24, 3. Abraham was not serving God. Abraham was bowing down and worshiping idols. And God comes to him and says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Through you, all the peoples of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that is a reference of Gentile inclusion. That it's not just the Jews who will be saved, but the Gentiles will be saved as well. That through Abraham's offspring, Isaac, ultimately all the way down to Jesus, that through Christ, the descendant of Abraham, the whole world, salvation will be brought to the whole world. And he, the Bible talks about how uh, the, the people who are of faith, people who believe in Jesus, are the actual sons of Abraham. You're not just a son of Abraham because he's at the bottom of your family tree in the old root system. You're a son of Abraham by faith. And we'll get into that a little bit more in our uh, summary of the next seven days. But this, in a very tiny nutshell, is the first seven episodes. And so if you've missed some of these or you need a little bit of a recap, we hope that this helps. There are so many more details. And as you have time, you can go back and watch those videos to pick up some of the stuff that we did not have time to share with you today in this summary. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool, not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.